0: Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the, of course there's nuclear fallout in my food edition. What? Of course? <laughs> nuclear fallout in my food? No thanks. Yeah. What food? Oh, well, yeah, we'll get to
1: it. Okay. I was like, <laughs> is yeah. that in my burritos? Is it in my breakfast cereal? Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. oh no. <laughs> but we're going to get very specific. Okay. Yeah. All right. Way to start off with the Right. So, Jeez. Oh, Okay. I am Jill Chacha, and I am with the curly frighten, currently frightened Marissa Riley. Thank you so much. Currently frightened.
1: <laughs> Just had an awesome chicken club. Mm. And now I'm like, a, a, a question I've never asked myself, which is, was there nuclear fallout mm. in my chicken club? Yeah.
0: <laughs> After this episode, everyone will be asking how much nuclear fallout is in their food. I also, what is
1: nuclear fallout? <laughs> That's the next question. Obviously, it's bad. It has something to do with uh, radiation That's or whatever. Right. That's right. Exactly. I have a feeling you're going to tell me that.
0: We're, we're going to break it down, no pun intended. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, we're going to understand it and then just come to terms with uh, what happened and what is happening. Excellent. <laughs> I'm ready, okay. I think. Yes. Okay. Well, before we take a bite out of anything, yes. there's a brief update, a very anticipated update. I am so pumped about okay. this update. So uh, now I know we've all been waiting for this uh, earlier this month, um, early April. Yes. Uh, for e 030, we celebrated a particular holiday uh, by covering some biblical adjacent stories. Oh, yes, we did. Uh, one was the resurrection of 40,000-year-old worms. Uh, but the other was the air quotes experiment called Deep Time. Fuck yeah, Deep Time. <laughs> Hashtag Deep Time. Yeah, so you remember that. Oh, what you're I, I, I could not forget. Um. Yes. So if y'all haven't had a listen, please do uh, scroll down to InBetweeny030. Uh, but here's a quick recap of what surprisingly is not porn. Uh, deep time,
1: very surprisingly,
0: <laughs> very surprisingly, nothing not porn.
1: pornographic about this. <laughs> so, in fact, it's the opposite. So,
0: uh, fifteen people volunteered to be to be sealed in a cave in the very south of France, in the rural region of Ariage. Ariège, oh, yes. Uh, they had no access to natural light, nor any phones or technology to help them distinguish time. The goal, according to the project's creator, um, do you remember? adventurist Christian Klot? Um, yes. Okay. I, I do. So he stated that the goal was, uh, he's, oh, by the way, he's not a researcher, everybody. That's right. That's right. That was one thing. He, he's not really anything, not right? He's right a person? <laughs> he's a he's a person, okay. mostly. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, he created this deep time project, and the goal was to see how humans function in such a sensory-deprived environment and right. how they cope,
1: basically. And, and my guess was it
0: would be bad. Yeah. it's we. I mean, please listen to the episode. We, we go into all possibilities. What yeah. could go wrong? A lot of anger, <laughs> a
1: lot of confusion. Um, yeah. I, but I've been thinking about them a lot. I yeah. check with Jill all the time. And I'm like, what do you think the deep time people are doing? I know.
0: Have they died yet? Have they <laughs> eaten each other yet? What's going on? Um, their only source of electricity was to be generated by pedaling something like a stationary bike. Jeez. And this would help supply artificial lights. Uh, temperature was a constant 50 degrees Fahrenheit in the cave, so there were, like, no fluxes to help distinguish night or day, but it was just 50 degrees all the time. Ugh. And like all caves, it's super humid. It's 100% humidity. Yeah. Bleh. So. Humid and cold. Yeah. What a weird mixture. <laughs> yes. So you're wet
1: and cold all the time, and
0: working out to and to working light.
1: out. I remember that. Jesus, yeah, I remember
0: that. Uh, they were supplied four tons of equipment, lots of fucking safety gear, climbing gear, rope, harnesses, helmets, tents to sleep in, yeah. uh, lots of clothing to keep warm was another thing. Uh, water was to be harvested from the cave itself, um, and I don't know how they prepared food. I don't know what their meals consisted of. I don't know where they peed. I don't know where they pooped. None of that was on the website. I wish it was. <laughs> right. That's like a primary
1: so, part of human life yeah, be, uh, is eating food and, and excrement. Like Yeah. Just eating and shitting. Where do I do that? Yeah. Let me know. You you can work out <laughs> the peddling thing, but you, you can't tell us about the food. That's right. Did I think
0: they ate each other. That's my so, guess. Uh at the time, uh, not much was on the website. That's why I, I couldn't give any of this info. Deeptime.fr if you want to check it out now. Be very careful. Yeah. Make sure you no use, daddy. It. Daddy. Yeah. use the FR <laughs> yes. part. Very important. Um, we do know all of them did stay for the intended 40 days. Okay. And, my friend, the time has come. They've been released, and they were released on April 22nd. Uh-huh. Yes. So <laughs> today's update is scarce because at the time I wrote these notes and did a little research, uh, they've only been out for four days, so it's brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to give you all the info that I could find on how these folks are doing so far. Okay. Okay, so first, they're all alive. I'm, I'm
1: honestly surprised. <laughs> right? I. If they're alive, they're not that alive. So
0: yeah, maybe they're a little dead on the inside. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, they all survived... Meaning they have heartbeats. Uh, second, Dr. Marissa, I would love to show you a video, and it's from theguardian.com, and it's basically a clip of their release and a little interview, basically. Right. Okay. okay. Um, now, if you would be so kind as to tell us, you know, what you see, their body language, how they're dressed, and if you could help interpret the French by just reading the captions. That's all been done. Uh, that's for our beautiful listeners. I, I, okay.
1: nothing would thrill me more. I am so <laughs> fucking excited. Okay. to see how upset these people are.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm pulling up the video right now. Okay, uh, and just give us a rundown of the, just interpret the scene, if you will.
1: I would love to. I okay. would love to. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Okay. All right. So I, I see the entry, or I guess the exit, now of the cave. A uh, big sign. They're all walking out. They're all carrying some shit. They've got coats on. <sighs> they look okay. Oh, they're cheering.
0: A little bit of cheers. A little bit
1: of cheers. I I, I don't know if they're, they're, they're arm and arm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They've got yeah. arms around the shoulders. Yeah. I would say they're a little tired. They look a little tired. Look a little
0: tired. Um, but the- they look like they're accomplished. Yes. They
1: absolutely. look excited about this. This these two look like a couple on the very far left. Yeah, yep. these two are cozied They're like on up on
0: top of each other. Yeah. Were any of these people couples? No, they were all <gasps> strangers. Yeah.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. I just got goosebumps. So. They
0: were. They look like they
1: were doing it. <laughs> so. They look like they were doing it in the cave. Yeah. I'm happy for them, but yeah, everyone looks pretty happy. This guy doesn't look. That happy, but I think it's because he's
0: standing next to the couple. Right. He's, uh, he, so he's like, uh-oh, they're doing it again. Oh, they're doing it again. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they're wearing sunglasses, clearly, because they were...
1: They, they've in been in Mostly inside. darkness,
0: right, and artificial light. Um,
1: yeah. They have uh, helmets. Um, they're carrying their helmets. They're not wearing them anymore. Right. Yeah, I, this is not the group that I... Uh, th- these are... These people looked like they wanted to do this and they liked it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I don't know why I'm so pissed at that. (laughs) Where here's the thing. It just happened. So we have to just put put a pin in that. Okay. Okay. The trauma hasn't set in. I think that's, we'll we'll get to it. Okay. All right. Um, right. So I'm going to continue the video. I just paused it. But the guy you're going to hear right now, he's Christian Claude. He's the guy who raised one and a half million euro this was his baby and he wanted to see it manifest. So he raised the money um, and just, yeah, so this was his idea. He's very much the face of this project. Yeah. Every time I'm looking for updates, uh, he comes up, which is really weird. Yeah, I mean, we no have, one else. Yeah, it's, um, there's snippets of interviews that we're, and we're going to talk about that. But right now it's, Christian is the first is like if you want info you have to go to him first which is really weird. Yeah. Yeah, and we talk about how this is not a study. This is uh if you listen to the in betweeny that this was a project. Just, yeah, it was just 15 people in a cave. It's there's no control group, there's no yeah. So we're we're it, everyone speaks the same language, they're from the same country. It, but, it's not a huge what do you call it? Like a, a pool. It's not know? a very diverse pool. Right, everyone exactly.
1: everyone does look White, fair-skinned. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot it was of... just like a thing that they did. Yeah. More than a study. I think this was a camping trip. I, <laughs> I, I, not even a project. I think they were having some expensive fun in the dark.
0: Yeah. I know. Okay. So, would you please uh, interpret the French yes. for us? Yes. Uh, and this is regarding what it felt like in the cave. Yes. Okay. okay. Ready?
1: Yes. All right. For us, it was a real surprise because when we realized we had spent 40 days in the cave, in our heads, we had spent between, Emily, how many for you? And a woman says 23 days, 23 days, and for the majority of the team, it was around 30 days. So in our heads, we walked into the cave 30 days ago. Okay. okay. And then Anywhere? we're seeing the inside of the cave. So yeah. basically he, what he said was he said it we were there for 40 days for most of us it felt like 30 days. Right. And for um uh, one woman it felt like 23 days. Right.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to stop there cuz you know, time moving slowly that doesn't seem like a surprise at all. Yeah. When you don't have a sense of time, it does seem drawn out. But from what I read what little info that has been leaked out. Yeah. So they were keeping track of time uh, with their sleep cycles. Oh. Yeah. So that raises a lot of questions for me. Like, how often did they sleep and for how long? So Emily was the one that he gave the mic to. that, right. And she said she thought only 23 days passed. And if they're doing it through sleep cycles, I'm like, holy shit, did she only sleep 23 times in 40 days? Oh, my God. Yeah. So she only that means she would be awake
1: she only slept once about every two days yeah yeah oh no i know exactly okay and... so they might be on these kind of weird sleep deprived highs exactly oh no yeah exactly <gasps> that's
0: it that's me in college that's everyone in college yeah oh no i know that's so that kind of raised a few flags it has to be explained a little yeah. bit clearer it this info has to come out hopefully it is released hopefully they're safe uh, as we speak yeah um, mentally safe yeah so um, so the guardian did speak to two other people okay uh, maria uh, what was her name uh, marina Ma- Lanson and okay, nailed it one of seven women to volunteer um, she spoke with the guardian in this interview would you be so kind to read about her experience of course all right quote Uh, She
1: did not feel any rush to do anything and wished she could have stayed in the cave a few days longer, she said, but that she was happy to feel the wind and hear bird songs again. She did not plan to look at her smartphone for a few more days, hoping to avoid a too brutal return to life.
0: And quote, I know. uh,
1: Interesting. uh, So she liked
0: it. In
1: a creepy maybe. way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Oh, my God. This all has to be unpacked. Um, what is the thing
1: where um, someone who's been kidnapped falls oh, for their kidnapper? Uh, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. But maybe they had it for the cave. Like, Right. I wonder if they went through a period of like when they first went in the cave, they were like, this sucks so fucking much.
0: Yeah. And then they just had to love it. Yes. To cope. To get through it. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's absolutely possible oh yeah my god yeah they have to yeah this this is what i'm talking about all this shit needs to un, be unpacked and hopefully it's unpacked by like the right people psychiatrists therapists therapists friends, friends friend. family yeah. someone who's exactly. close to them that
1: they can trust
0: yeah So, <sighs> so uh, humans are creatures of habit and nostalgic which also may explain not only what she said but this statistic. Uh, a little over half, two-thirds, expressed a desire to remain underground a little longer to finish group projects. Wow. Yeah. Johan Francois, a math teacher, admitted to having mixed feelings. Uh, he kept fit by running in circles for six miles at a time. Wow. Okay. And had, quote, visceral urges to leave.
1: There we go. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Visceral urges <laughs> to leave. That would have been me, and I would have acted on it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if there's shit
0: in the dark and it's wet and cold.
1: I mean... I, I, I would just be like, I gotta go to a shower. I gotta <laughs> so. go home and watch Netflix for eight hours. <laughs> I have to waste some time inside, yeah. you guys. I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> so Johan also said that the lack of obligations and no kids was a way for him to live in, quote, the present moment without ever thinking about what will happen in one hour, in two hours, end quote. So, okay. a lot of emotions and reflection of lives need to be unpacked. I
1: I don't even know what to say about that. I, yeah. Oh. So, uh,
0: hopefully the long-term consequences will be honestly reported. Yes. I do not yes. know. Um, as far as I know, everything needs to be through Christian, so we'll find out. Oh, my God. I um, wonder if they're just... I wonder if he...
1: Okay, so my I, I watch a lot of tv so i'm just like what if he paid them off to say nice things about his project i'm positive he didn't <laughs> but right what if what if what if what if it was a total bust like it totally sucked in there and they were all like i don't know just hated it and then he was like look
0: look i got one when of- we get
1: out there <laughs> i want a but like ho- with the gun in his hand, like I want all smiles. That's right. You two pair up, look like you've been fucking, <laughs> and when they ask you about it, you had a great fucking time and you wanted to stay longer. All right, let's move. Like,
0: yeah.
1: I'm positive. You loved didn't shitting about it. in the dark. Say you it loved, with me now. Say it with me. All together, we loved, loved shitting in, in the dark. dark. <laughs> oh my god!
0: What if that did happen? Oh well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to conserve your energy, right? So there might be a pooping corner. Was there a pooping corner? I wanna know.
1: I, I wanna to know too. I think these reporters are asking all the wrong questions. <laughs> That's totally wrong. I say th- I, I wanna become a reporter just so I can go up to them and be like, Where the fuck did you shit? How did you wash yourself? What the fuck? What did you eat? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. For real. Fucking hell. Do you wanna talk do you want to have do you wanna have coffee with someone? Do we need to go have coffee so you can really talk about it off the record <laughs> right. what's going on some uh, some deep coffee <laughs> have, have you cried yet like what?
0: <laughs> oh man well i will certainly be keeping an eye on what data is shared and what drama that took place and will take place i'm sure and i am so fucking here for it and if you yes dear listener have anything hear anything read anything please contact us and we'll share it with everyone Absolutely. in another update. So, because yes. I, can't, I can't let this go. I this, want to know what's up.
1: This is, an on, this is going to be an ongoing topic when oh, we visit. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, after the break, speaking of long-term consequences, episode 037, Nuclear Fallout Found in U.S. Honey. What? <laughs> Sorry. No! <laughs> Sorry, I screamed. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it's just the first of many. Stay tuned. Please do. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Raw lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened, in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish... Your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, GoodPods, the other ones. (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please... Stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. Let's talk about bombs. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of bombs. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Beginning in 1945, up until 1992, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the U.S. set off more than 1,100 nuclear bombs. Good job, U.S. (laughs) Releasing... Releasing 27,000 times the atomic yield that devastated Hiroshima. Oh my God. Yeah. Here are some highlights. Uh, you can find these uh, at the Wikipedia page list of United States nuclear weapons tests. What a gem on the internet. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, boy, howdy. Uh, the late 1950s were fucking bonkers. Uh-huh. Operation Plumbob in 1957 set off. 29 devices, including the largest atmospheric test in the continental United States, over Nevada, put a pin in it. It just blows my mind how many
1: nuclear bombs have been set off on our fucking soil. Like, oh yeah. In our, in our country. In our country, in the air,
0: over the ocean, over in the, the ocean. ocean.
1: And, and the thing is, like, underground. That, yeah. That of course, we have stretches of land where no one lives there. But also, we really don't. That's right. People drive through that shit. Some, uh, there are small towns that matter. They do. <laughs> every, <laughs> every town matters. Every person matters. And it just blows my mind that we've set off yep. that many bombs. J- just getting started. Just in getting our own started. country. There's got to be a better way, you guys.
0: Yeah. yeah. Operation Plumb Bob in 1957 was just the start. Uh, a year later, in 1958. Operation Hardtack 1 and 2 said, hold my beer, setting off a grand total of 72 bombs in the Pacific and once again, Nevada. Uh. Now, Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind as to read as to why so many fucking bombs were detonated in such a short time? Of course, I gotta know. All right, quote, the
1: hardtack series meant to squeeze all possible testing into the time before Eisenhower's test ban started on October 30th, 1958. Original name was Operation Millrace. end quote. Yeah. So they were just... They were just trying to get it all in. That's right. Oh my God. Uh, That's nuts. Also, yeah. like, I'm. You okay? No. <laughs> I... So, when they set off, okay, just, I'm, I... when they set off one of these bombs, it's like the for real bomb, the actual size of what it's going to be if they were to actually
0: use it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, each bomb, uh, I'll, I'll get into it. A little later on but each bomb had a different yield had a different weight it really just what they just if it's just whatever they wanted to test if they yeah. wanted to test a four thousand kiloton bomb they could do it if they wanted to pet like a itty bitty baby one it really was like whatever they wanted to test that day i was
1: gonna say and maybe i i'm not <clears throat> a scientist maybe i'm just a fucking idiot but like what if we got nuclear bombs that were tiny like they yeah. they only had like a A four-foot radius. (laughs) Yeah, that's called poisoning. (laughs) No, but I mean, like, what if that was how we tested it? Oh, I see what you're saying. And and then we were like, okay, so now we know that this size makes this much. And then if we want to make a for real one, Mm -hmm. we'll just scale it up mathematically. We're smart enough to figure that out, right? And then we just have this one tiny field Mm -hmm. far, far away from everyone else. And it just, that's where we set off. Like, yeah. Teeny tiny bombs
0: exactly uh, right we, am
1: I crazy for thinking maybe that's the answer, or maybe we, just
0: no no <laughs> nuclear shit at all? No nuclear is the best, yeah but yeah, we do have now, yeah, you know now we have like computers that can calculate oh all that's better yeah back then they didn't have computers to like predict what would happen, yeah but honestly, these are just guys having a good time, I think yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get into that as well. But, um, I liked my yeah. teeny
1: tiny bomb. <laughs>
0: that's briefcase bombs. Brief- yeah, that's, uh, that's also a thing. That's uh, like, those are just rumors and shit. But yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But uh, uh, should we continue? We shall. <laughs> right. um, okay, so that was hard tax series. Um, when the Cold War ramped up in the 1960s during this decade. Oh, oh, oh actually, you know what? Let me rewind a little bit. Um, Eisenhower's, Eisenhower's band didn't do a goddamn thing. So, I, I okay. assume. So, so, when the Cold War ramped up in the 1960s, during this decade, the tit-for-tat, who has the biggest bomb, toxic masculinity, mas- <laughs> masculinity extravaganza, produced 13 operations that detonated about 511 nuclear <sighs> bombs. Oh my God, you guys! In 10 years, uh, many of them, many of them, in and around the Nevada test site. Um, now, for the next 30 years, up until 92, bombs were still going off, though bombs which, with a much smaller yield, which is ah, what you were asking. Ah, yeah. okay, yes, yes, yes. So, we're talking hundreds rather than thousands of kilotons, which, I don't know, is better Is it mark? better? Yeah. Who the fuck knows? So, anyway, all of this shit leads us to flowers. What? That's right. What? So, it leads us to a little college in Virginia. The College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. Here, James—I'd say James K, Kaste or caste? Cast or Cast Cast K A S T E. Yeah, James, a geologist, <laughs> was well aware of what effect many bombs from even way back, even in the nineteen fifties, their effect on food production. Okay. So you see, my friends, when a bomb goes off, it poops out a little radioactive form of the element cesium a little radioactive buddy named cesium-137. Okay, all right, okay, all right. right, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> so, let's let's start positive. Uh, like our other little friend, Lai, remember mm-hmm. that little...
1: Okay, yeah.
0: So a little bit goes a long way for humanity. It can be actually helpful and not harmful. Okay. In small amounts, cesium-137 can be used to calibrate... Radiation detection equipment, which is important, like Geiger counters and stuff. Yeah. Um, And help cancer patients with radiation therapy, which is super important. Ah. Yeah. And for all you true crime fans out there, cesium-137 helps solve, like, crime and shit. What? Yeah. Quote, it is used in dating material for assessing the age of sedimentation occurring after 1945.
1: I'm not going to lie. You're talking me into (laughs) cesium-137. So...
0: You're selling it hard. (laughs) Now, that was from the Cesium-137 wiki, and it basically means if it's detected in what you're testing, that means that the thing was made after 1945. Got it. After we, you know, started dropping bombs and shit. Right. So, like, just off the top of my head, what I can think of is, like, a lot of art dealers test for Cesium-137 just to uncover fakes, for example. Because if it has it, that means...
1: It likely wasn't, it was made before 1945 and and potentially not uh, real.
0: There you go. Uh, It's amazing stuff. And it leads us to now our uncomfortable news. Oh, no. Okay. So not only is cesium-137 in paint, but it's in our food. Oh, no. (laughs) So how much, do you ask? Well, let's take a look. Now that geologist, James... Right. Uh, he gave his undergraduate students a task while on spring break. Um, I know, homework. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so bring back local food from their destinations to test for cesium-137. Oh, that's actually an easy task. It's fun, yeah. yeah. Bring back some food. So one student stayed on the East Coast, okay. uh, specifically Raleigh, North Carolina. And they brought back honey from local producers there. All right, All now, right. Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind as to read the findings of this little assignment as reported by ScienceMag.com. Absolutely, all right, quote, to cast surprise, it contained
1: cesium levels 100 times higher than the rest of the collected foods. He wondered whether Eastern U.S. bees gathering nectar from plants and turning it into honey were concentrating cesium-137 from the bomb tests, end quote. That's right. Oh my God. (laughs) That's right.
0: Oh, my God. With James' spider sense tingling, he and other researchers gathered 122 samples of honey from across the nation. All right. Now, 68 of them had concentrations of 0.03 beckels or higher, and I'll get into that. Okay, okay, And all 68 came from states along the East Coast coast Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it wasn't evenly distributed among the states according to the study 36 more than half came from georgia south carolina and our returning champion florida fuck yeah florida (laughs) (laughs) and florida wouldn't be florida if it didn't have the highest levels of cesium-137 i knew it (laughs) that's right their honey clocked in at 19.1 beckels per kilogram or 2.2 pounds. That's considerably higher than uh, 0.03 becquels. It is. (laughs) It is, very much so. Just a little observation. Okay, so what the fuck is a becquel? Tell me. Uh, So for every becquel, there's one nucleus decaying per second. Okay. So in this Florida honey, in every two pounds or so, Mm -hmm. there's 19 nuclei breaking down every second, emitting radiation.
1: Wow, okay. Yeah, the, word, the the phrase emitting radiation yeah. got me.
0: Yeah. So that's when a nucleus breaks open, it's releasing energy. And this happens to be releasing certain types of radiation. Yeah.
1: I see. I see. Thank you for breaking that down. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that's happening every second. So, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So I think I know what you may be asking. Uh, why this part of the nation? And is this fucking dangerous?
1: Yes. Also, I eat honey. Um, and I live on the well, East Coast. Yeah. And I yes. ate that honey every day. Sure do. Way nervous. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Well, let's start with why, okay. why it's here. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> now, when the atomic fallout rose into the air, they hitched a ride on jet streams and weather patterns that naturally moved east. And these states, especially Florida, are rainy. Mm-hmm. And this is how particles fell back to the earth and ended up in the soil here more than any other location.
1: That makes sense. I was also so confused because I was like, they set off the bombs in Nevada, which are quite far to the west. Yeah. Why are they here? (laughs) I thought I was
0: safe. uh, No, it's uh, that cesium, rode that jet stream, man. Just riding that wave. Riding it to the east (laughs) coast. So now, Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind to read from ScienceMag.com as to why plants would be so interested in cesium absolutely all right quote cesium-137
1: is soluble in water and plants can mistake it for potassium a vital nutrient that shares similar chemical properties and quote
0: they think it's potassium they yeah exactly it's so close to potassium so they just they just suck that shit up what are the odds (laughs) And then I suck that shit up. That's right. Ah, fuck. Bees use the plants and we use the bees, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Circle of radiation. There you go. Yeah. So let's all take a breath, though, and rejoice for a moment because even 19 Beckels won't do much damage. There we go. Okay. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has done a lot of tests and food won't kill you until you reach 1,200 Beckels. Oh, okay.
1: So 1,200 versus 19. Yeah. But it's a shock. It's a shock. It's there. Yeah. What if I just ate a ton of honey in a day? Would I (laughs) die of radiation stuff? I don't think radiation. you
0: die of other shit, I would think. You make a good point. I didn't (laughs) consider that. (laughs) So, now, if you're wondering if nuclear fallout in food is a recent discovery and thought surely the U.S. government wouldn't continue to drop bombs in Nevada knowing jet streams would carry poisonous shit to the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, Good news. They totally knew from the beginning. What? Yes. You guys, (laughs) that's my honey. (laughs) I know. So, Dr. Marissa, if you would do the honors of reading what the government tracked, for how long, and what they also knew about Florida. What? That's right. And this quote is from the honey study. If you would be so kind...
1: I would love to. All right, yeah. quote, uh, this pathway for cesium-137 from soils to plants and into the human diet was predicted decades ago, leading to a government-supportive radionuclide surveillance program uh, that conducted widespread testing of milk in the late 1950s to 1980s, a program called Pasteurized Milk Network Network. PMN started in 1957 by the U.S. Public Health Service. With PMN and individual state programs joining the efforts, over 10,000 measurements of cesium 137 in milk are available. Now, nearly every month between 1960 and 2014, sampling stations in Florida reported the highest cesium 137 concentrations in milk compared with the rest of the United States. End quote. That's right. Follow-up question. Oh, man. Have they made any connections between uh, the, C- the high levels of cesium-137
0: and the weird fucking shit <laughs> that happens in Florida? It's a good... That is a great question. What came first, the cesium or the Florida man? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. But it's something to really think about. Definitely. Someone... Someone better, someone who's not Christian clot, get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah, the government was just like, let them eat cesium 137, man. Oh no. So, yeah. Now, the levels are low, like we said, but the decisions made during the 1950s and 60s are still around in 2021. And I think there's a lesson in here somewhere. Now, Thur seal. -seal Thur Serling. Got it. Serling, got it. Nailed Thur, it. Thur, thank you for your service. A geologist at the University of Utah said it best. Quote, we need to pay attention to these things. End quote.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. No shit, Thur. Oh. We need to pay attention to these
1: things. <laughs> Thanks, to- Captain Obvious. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, yeah.
0: And that is the end of episode 037. Amazing fucking episode. Yeah. Oh, I, I Continue eating honey. I will. Um, I'll just. But just Florida. I Jesus. just won't so eat like- it in honey. <laughs>
1: or I won't eat it in Florida. Someone keep an eye on Florida, please. Yeah. As, as uh, Thur said, we need to pay attention to these things in Florida. <laughs> That's
0: right. Uh, so thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, telling your friends. And. Thank you for just being awesome. Being awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Stay interesting. Please do.